Matthew chapter 13 this morning, if you'll stand with us. We'd like to read two verses of Scripture. Matthew chapter number 13. And uh, we'll have a word of prayer and then you can be seated. Matthew chapter 13. And uh, look with us, if you would, for just a few moments this morning in verse number 31. Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 31. The Bible said, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we do bow in your presence this morning, we come to the throne of grace and mercy in Jesus' name. Thank you for the message that we've heard this morning. Thank you for the singing that, uh, Lord, we've heard today. And I ask you now to bless the Word of God once again. Speak to us and speak through us. I pray for the sinner in this building that's nearest hell. I ask you to touch their heart this morning. Convict them and may they come and be born again. Help us that are saved. Lord, help us not to grow cold and indifferent in these days. But help us, Lord, to be hungry and thirsty for the things of God and for what you do. We'll love you, we'll praise you, and we'll thank you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. This is the third parable of Matthew chapter 13. And what this parable has in common with the other two parables is again, if you notice in verse number 31, as the Bible said another parable, put he forth unto them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed. Again, Jesus, like in the first two parables, he's emphasizing the seed and he's emphasizing the sower. And we know that the sower here is Christ. Uh, we know that the field, as Jesus has already said in the last parable, is the word. World. And here we see this particular seed emphasized is the mustard seed. And I want to preach a few minutes this morning on that subject, on the mustard seed. We preached on the sower and the seed, uh, the wheat and the tares. Uh, and now this morning, I want to preach on the mustard seed. And I want you to notice four things this morning uh, concerning this mustard seed. I want you to notice with me in verse number 31, the sowing of the mustard seed. As the Bible says again, the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed which a man took and he sowed in his field. Notice that the field here, the Bible said that it was his field. That the field belonged to him. In other words, he wasn't sowing in foreign soil, but he was sowing in the field that belonged to him. Now if Jesus said the field is the world, then the question this morning is who does the world belong to? Well that's a simple answer. I'll tell you who the world belongs to. It belongs to the one that created it and made it. Amen. Uh, the Bible said for God so loved the world. He wasn't talking about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. Uh, uh, but he's talking about humanity uh, in that uh, uh, verse of scripture there. But John chapter 1 said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And the Bible said all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. The Bible said that in him was life and the life was the light of men and Jesus is the very word of God. The world belongs to him. It belongs to his father. This is his father's world that we're living in and everything in it, the fullness thereof, it belongs to the Lord and to his father. Amen. And so when we come to this text this morning we notice that he is sowing seed in this field that belongs to him and I would think 
think you will agree with me this morning that this is good seed. Amen. You see, my friend, this is the, the teaching and the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the seed that is being sown. We sow the gospel. Isn't that right? The good news of the teaching and the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he's sowing this seed here in this text. I want you to notice some things this morning concerning the mustard seed and the sowing of that seed. You see, Jesus said, if you just had faith as the grain of a mustard seed, and that mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds, but it grows up and it grows as an herb. Now, when you think about that, listen, those mustard seed, listen, they grow wild in Israel and it's a part of an herb. It can appear at times as a tree, but really it is not a tree for a tree grows slowly. Isn't that right? It takes years for a tree to mature and for a tree to grow unto its height and its stature. But the mustard seed is an herb that grows up and it's the tallest of most herbs. But here in our text, we think about this herb-like tree or this mustard seed and we see here how that it's going to grow swiftly rather than slowly. And we'll say more about that in a minute. But I want you to see the picture, the sowing of this mustard seed is that it is the, the smallest of all seeds uh, but it grows up into an herb. Uh, it grows up into its maturity and that's the way that God intended. That's the natural state uh, of that seed. You say preacher why are you emphasizing that? Because it's very important when you get to verse number 2. Uh, first of all uh, we see the mustard seed and the sowing of that mustard seed how it represents uh, uh, the kingdom of heaven, uh, the teaching and the doctrine of Christ. Uh, you see, one of the things about the doctrines of Christ uh, is that they're simple and they're humble. Amen. Jesus did not come into this world uh, to teach uh, uh, with great swelling words to entice and impress men. Jesus used the simplest illustrations. He used uh, uh, the simplest form of teaching that even a child could come and could comprehend and could understand. He did not use a vocabulary, uh, even though it was a great vocabulary. He did not use a vocabulary of words uh, uh, to try to entice men in or bring them in. Uh, if men believe the gospel, you know why they believe it? Because they believe it's teaching. Amen. They believe it's doctrine. Amen. They believe the truth uh, of the Word of God. Amen. The seed, the smallest, the simplest, the most humblest was sown. Not only the sowing of the mustard seed, but notice this morning the size of that seed as I mentioned it. I said that it was the smallest and our Savior says in verse 32, which indeed is the least of all seeds. It's the smallest. In other words, it doesn't have a lot of significance amongst the other seeds that are in this world. There's no beauty in it. There's no, uh, nothing impressive about it. It is the, the smallest of all seeds. When you think about this morning when Christ came into this world, uh, He came in uh, as a simple peasant, as a simple servant. He did not come as a king in royalty and with all majesty and with a great army leading behind Him. But Christ came into this world uh, uh, born in a virgin's womb uh, in Bethlehem's manger and uh, just a simple child, uh, uh, 
simple birth, in a simple place. The wise men came from the east. The shepherds came. The angels announced and sang at his birth. But as far as the world was concerned, they was not impressed. The world itself did not seek the birth of Christ. And here we are all these years later. And you know what? The world is not impressed with the birth of Christ. They're not impressed with the gospel. The gospel holds the power of salvation. Isn't that right? It can change any sinner that'll put their faith and their trust in it. But the gospel is not flashy. The gospel this morning is not enticing to the world. But when you look at it, you believe it. You know why? Not because it's the greatest but amongst all seeds, but because it is the least. Amen. You know when a sinner hears the gospel, many times they'll brush it aside. Many times they'll push it away. But if that seed ever takes root in a man's soul, it'll produce faith. And faith will bring salvation. Isn't that amazing? A man could walk down this aisle this morning. A lady could walk down this aisle this morning. And what I'm saying to you is, uh, it's not a lightning bolt experience. Uh, it's not some charismatic Pentecostal uh, out of the body experience. Uh, I'm going to tell you what salvation is. Uh, it's the seed of this gospel as simple and small as it is uh, being planted in your soul uh, and you seeing that and taking it for what it's worth uh, and coming to the altar and trusting what you've heard, uh, trusting the teaching, trusting the doctrine of Christ, uh, trusting what Jesus said, uh, uh, taking the Bible as it is uh, at face value and believing it with your heart. Uh, and you know what that by the Bible says uh, in Romans 10 and verse number 9, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness uh, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. Hey, I didn't cry. I didn't get saved because I shed tears. Uh, I didn't get saved because I felt goosebumps. Uh, I didn't get saved because the hair stood up on the back of my head. I ain't got a problem with any of that happening when you get saved. I didn't get saved because I got a lump in my throat and a knot in my stomach and I don't have a problem with any, any of that. But I'll tell you why I got born again. Because I believed the Bible. I believed the Word of God and my friend the seed of the gospel is the seedbed of our salvation. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning and you're struggling with your salvation, ask yourself one simple question. You either believe the gospel or you didn't. Amen. You either received the gospel or you rejected it. Amen. You say, but what happened to that person? Didn't happen to me that way. I'm telling you, friend, that's an experience. But we're not basing our salvation on an experience. We're basing it on what we believe. And I believe the Bible this morning. I believe it, don't you? And I see here the, the size of the seed. You know, there may be somebody say, well, I was just a seven-year-old little boy or little girl when I got saved. Nothing powerful, nothing, uh, I wasn't a drunk, and I didn't get out in all kinds of, of sin, and I don't have some great testimony. Oh, you do have a great testimony. Because the greatness of any testimony is not what I used to be, but it's what I now believe. Amen. I'm telling you this morning, we don't magnify the alcohol. We don't magnify the dope. We don't need to magnify the pleasures of sin. i tell you what we need to magnify. We need to magnify what pulled us out of all of that. What kept us from it. Amen. You may have never been in it, but I'll tell you the same seed that pulled a drunk out of the gutter is the same seed that keeps you from ever 
ever going in the gutter and you ought to shout and you ought to praise God for what you believe this morning, amen. I just believe the Bible, don't you? The seed I see here this morning, uh, the sowing of the mustard seed, uh, the size of the mustard seed, but then I want you to notice the showing of the seed this morning. There's a problem in verse 32 with this herb that becomes a tree. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, but look at this, and it becometh a tree. Jesus talks about the sowing of the seed. He talks about it being sowed in the field. Nothing wrong with the seed. Can I get an amen right there? Nothing wrong with the with the uh, sower, amen. But as we see in this text, there is a problem that takes place here and it's the showing uh, of this seed. Uh, what took place in the ground, there's nothing wrong with. But what it grew into, what it grew up as, uh, is not natural. We notice our Savior said here uh, that when it is grown, it is the greatest uh, amongst herbs, uh, and rightfully so. But the problem in the text is, uh, is that it becomes a tree. It was never intended uh, for that to become anything other than what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be an herb but it became a tree and it's a representation this morning of what takes place whenever religion begins to take hold you think about it this morning Catholicism will tell you about the death of Christ amen it'll tell you about the birth of Christ it'll tell you about the death of Christ amen listen listen Greek Orthodoxy listen we'll talk about a lot of forms or a lot of things in the scripture that we all believe but somewheres they do derail. Isn't that right? Uh, They're false teaching and false doctrine. Amen. And the problem here uh, is that the seed, the teaching, the doctrine of Christ uh, uh, would grow into full maturity, would never become a tree, but would be the herb. It would still be, even though the greatest amongst herbs, uh, it would still be small in this world. Uh, But what does man do with the doctrine and the teaching of Christ? Uh, He adds more to it. He makes it greater. He makes it bigger. Amen. And then it goes uh, uh, from truth uh, to organized religion. And you know what organized religion will do? It'll send your soul to hell. Amen? Uh, Because it's more than what Christ taught. Uh, It's more than his doctrine. It's more than his teaching. It's the false teaching and the false doctrine of man. You know, whenever organized religion and false teaching and false doctrine takes place, guess what happens? People start placing more emphasis and faith in what man says than what God says. And when you think about organized religion, there's three types this morning. Uh, There's Protestantism, there's Greek Orthodoxy, and then there's Romanism. And we know that in the last days uh, uh, that this is what will overtake the world. False doctrine and false teachers, apostasy. They may start out saying the right things. Uh, They may start out telling you uh, what Jesus said, but somewhere along the way, you know what an apostate will do? They'll always err from the truth. Uh, They'll start teaching things uh, 
that Christ did not teach. They'll start teaching doctrine that does not line up with the word of God. And what is happening is that herb has grown into a tree. I'm talking about the Roman Catholic Church. Amen. I'm talking about, uh, listen, Greek Orthodoxy as we mentioned this morning. I'm talking about all the false religions of this world. Uh, hey, this morning, uh, if you're going to heaven, you're not going to heaven because you're a Baptist. Uh, you're not going to heaven because you joined the church. Uh, you're not going to heaven because you got baptized. Uh, you're not going to heaven because of good works. Uh, you're not going to heaven because you put tithes uh, in the offering plate. Uh, I'll tell you why you're going if you're going. Uh, it's because you put faith uh, in the seed, uh, the teaching, the doctrine, the word of God this morning. Amen. You know, you would be surprised people sitting here this morning in an independent fundamental Bible believing King James mission-minded Baptist church. I say that more often now because it's under great attack and I believe every bit of it. I want to tell you this morning, you'd be amazed people sitting in a church like this that think they're going to heaven because they do good. Ephesians 2 and verse number 8 said, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man uh, should boast. Uh, you may say, well, preacher, I, I, I've, just, I've tried to be a good person. I, I remember someone that visited here one time. Uh, they said, well, I asked them, I said, uh, do you know that you're saved? They said, well, uh, yes, I'm saved. I said, well, tell me about your conversion. They said, well, uh, my mother told me I've been a Christian all my life. Uh, I said, that's impossible. I said, one, because salvation is personal. I said, number two, she cannot see your heart. And number three, nobody's been a Christian all their life. Amen. David said in Psalms chapter 51, in sin did my mother conceive me. Every man, woman, boy, and girl is born a sinner into this world. Romans 3 and verse number 10 said, there is none righteous, no, not one. And verse 23 said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none that doeth good. The Bible says, there's no good in me. I was born a sinner. You was born a sinner. But Romans 5 and verse 8 said but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. Hallelujah. Christ died for us. That's the teaching. That's the doctrine of Christ is that man is born a sinner and he cannot save himself this morning. You can't pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. You can't pull yourself out of the pit that you're in. David said in Psalms 40, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry and brought me up also. I have a horrible pit. have the miry clay set my feet upon a rock and established my goings and have put a new song in my mouth that will sing praise even unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. I'm telling you this morning, you know what David was trusting as his salvation? He was trusting in the Lord. Uh, dear friend, if you're trusting self, uh, if you're trusting works, uh, if you're trusting religion, you'll surely die and go to hell. Uh, uh, my friend, you must trust Christ. Uh, you must put your faith in the gospel. You must believe the Bible if you're going to go to heaven this morning and I notice the showing of the seed is that it becomes an unnatural tree because of man's heresy and then finally I want you to see this morning not only the showing of the seed but I want you to notice the shelter of the mustard seed what does this tree begin who does it begin to shelter Notice the Bible said it is greatest among the herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. 
You know what the birds, they represent the evil spirits. They represent the, the false seducing spirits of organized religion. I tell you this morning, the devil is more faithful to church than a lot of people that claim to be saved. I'm telling you, the devil has no problem attending a worship service. He has no problem attending uh, and singing a spiritual song, so to speak. He loves to, uh, listen, if he cannot send you to hell by the pleasures of this world, if he cannot send you to hell by the filth of this world, he'll send your soul to hell and damn it by the religion of this world. A man does not need religion, but man needs salvation. And if you're here this morning and you're dead to the things of God, but yet you go to church on a regular basis, but as I said the other Sunday, there's no life on the inside. Uh, you go to church and you endure the service. Uh, you don't get anything spiritually out of it. You love the things of the world, always have, uh, and you just can't wait to get away from the things of God. Uh, maybe you're not out there, uh, stoop, my friend, in pleasurable sins and wickedness, uh, uh, but maybe this morning, uh, uh, just like the preacher talked about, uh, you're a Pharisee that within your own soul, uh, uh, you're trusting in yourself. Uh, uh, you're believing that your goodness is going to get you to heaven. I want to tell you, my friend, this morning, uh, uh, that's what the evil spirits of this world will do. Uh, uh, They'll dress you up. They'll indoctrinate you with a false teaching and apostasy in all the hopes to deceive you and to damn your soul to hell this morning. Now, lest somebody be confused, how do you keep from being deceived? I'll tell you how very simply. I talk to people, and others have, many times in the altar. People that struggle with their soul and their salvation, they'll say, well, what if I, what if I just think I'm this? Or what if I just think I'm okay? But, but what if I'm deceived? I want to tell you this morning. Anybody that desires to know the truth and looks for the truth will not stay deceived. Because the truth will find you, friend. And when the truth finds you, you know what you do with it to keep from being deceived? You believe it. You put faith in it. You see, I'm not deceived this morning. I don't care what the Catholics say. I don't care what the Mormons say. I don't care what the JWs say. It makes no difference this morning. They can talk to me till they're blue in the face. I'm not deceived. You know why? Because I know the truth. If you've heard the truth, and you know the truth, then all you got to do is believe the truth. You say, well, I well, was a little old boy, a little girl. I went down to the altar and I, I bowed my head and I asked Jesus to come in my heart and save me. But preacher, there's so much about the Bible I did not know. But you, the question is, uh, did you believe it this morning? And if you believed it, did you receive it? If you received it and you believed it this morning, then listen, good evidence uh, that you believed it then is you still believe it right now. Amen. I'm telling you if you believe today what you believed 20 years ago I'd say that's a pretty good sign that you're a believer amen I tell you I still believe I didn't understand it all back then I couldn't explain it all back then but I knew I was a sinner going to hell I knew I could not save myself and the best way the best way that God knew that I knew how I bowed my head and trusted what I heard I believed the seed amen I'll tell you what it did 
did. It took root in my life, praise God. And it's a springing up in my soul right now. I wouldn't trade what I know, Brother Danny. I wouldn't trade what I believe right now for everything that the world has to offer. It is treasures unseen this morning. I want to say thank God for what we know and thank God for what we believe this morning. Hallelujah. Woo, praise God. I'm not shouting over the way I feel. I'm not shouting over the experience. I'm shouting over what we ought to shout over this morning. I believe the Bible, amen. And thank God you don't have to be deceived, amen. Because it's in there, isn't it? And this morning, can I tell you, there's a lot of birds out there that'll come nest in the trees. You know what a preacher's doing when he gets up and blows everything out and preaches on everything you've already heard? You may sit there and say, well, I've heard Brother Gravely preach that a hundred times. I've heard him say that. He always preaches against that sometime or another. And I always will. Amen. I'm going to tell you why. I'm just trying to keep the birds from coming and lodging in here. Them birds will come in the pulpit. You know that? They'll get in your Sunday school class. They'll get in your choir. Them birds, they want to come in and teach things that don't line up with the Bible. Amen. That's why we place so much emphasis on Sunday school. That's why we're revamping Sunday school. That's why we we put, we uh, listen, that's why I put pressure on you to come to Sunday school. Because there's a great falling away today. And I'll tell you the person that will follow one of these birds the fastest is the person that thinks, well, I know my Bible too well to be deceived. I've been reading it too long. I've heard it preached so don't ever, don't ever, and I don't think you do, but I tell you it's worthy to be said. Don't ever boast. Hit what you know. Don't ever magnify. You know the Bible said that knowledge puffeth up. I'll tell you something that'll keep you from ever feeling like you know anything is just remember this little statement. Any old fool can read a book. Come on now. I mean, you know the dumbest person in the world, if they can read and they can write, they can read something and write it down and quote it, and you'll think they know something. All they did was read and write. Amen. I say that all the time because I need to hear that. You need to hear that. You teach a class and you teach a, a Sunday school lesson, be thankful. God, if you preach a sermon, be thankful. God give you some truth to preach. But remember, we don't let it build anything. If you say, well, I've been read, I've read through my Bible X amount of times. Well, that's wonderful. But I promise you, you desperately need to read through it again. Amen. George Mueller read through that book 200 times, uh, more than 200 times. Uh, but can I tell you, it doesn't matter if I've read through it and I haven't. But if I'd have read through it 200 times, uh, I I still need to read through it 201 and 202. Amen. I'm just simply saying this this morning. When we come to this text here, there's a lot of birds that like to find their way in Bible Baptist Church. And what we are today, if we're going to be that 10 years from now, Jesus hadn't come, we're going to have to keep the birds run off. Amen. And you know how you keep the birds run off? You just keep preaching the truth. You just keep sowing the seed. You just keep on exposing and preaching what's right hallelujah now Halloween's coming up in a few weeks I don't acknowledge it nor celebrate it and it is not the devil's night because the Bible the truth the seed says this is the day which the Lord hath made 
The devil's never created nothing. And the day or the night doesn't belong to him, it belongs to God. The only thing the devil owns is air, and there's nothing in air. He owns a whole bunch of nothing. But Halloween's coming up. And you know what? I'm not going to study Satanism. I'm not going to go off and study things about witches and goblins. And and no Christian celebrates Halloween. I'm not going to get up and study the the background of all that mess. You know why? I'm just going to keep sowing the seed. You know what the seed says? The seed says to, uh, and I can't pull it up, Lord help me. The seed tells us uh, uh, to talk, uh, it's in Ephesians chapter 5, and I'll get it in just, in just a minute, but there's a lot of seed about that. Uh, the Bible says some men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Now there's a seed that'll go against it, amen? And the Bible said that it's, a, uh, the Bible talks about, uh, uh, listen, to not even uh, touch or be around those things, uh, uh, my friend, that are evil. And there's a lot of seed. I'll probably remember the verse I'm trying to think of when I get to the house, amen? Uh, if I do, I'll quote it to you tonight. Uh, uh, but I'm I'm telling you, friend, there's a lot of seed to preach against that. Uh, I'm telling you, the Bible talks about, oh, it tells us to shun the very appearance uh, of evil. Amen. Now, don't a witch look evil? Don't a goblin look evil? You say, well, I dress them up as Bible characters. I don't believe that in this for one minute. Amen. I'm telling you, we're not doing trunk or treat. Somebody say amen right there. I'm telling you, listen, you say, well, we give them the gospel. You got, listen, you can go door knocking on Halloween and give them the gospel. Amen. I don't got to dress it up with some kind of devil thing. I'm just telling you, friend, just sow the seed. Amen. Just preach the truth. Just preach the... Listen, I don't think Jesus would have a trunk or treat if he was here. Boy, I'm telling you, some people ain't going to like that. Some don't like it right now. Put it in your trunk and take it home with you. There's your treat. Amen. You pray for me. The older I get, the less I care about some things. That's not good, amen. I've been, listen, don't stick your tongue out at me or make it ugly. I've been looking at ugly Baptists all my life. You're not going to make me one ounce nervous. It's a shame how far we've come in this world. You see, the Bible talks about the bird. It talks about branches. We've got a lot of things branching out of the church. I don't think God's got anything to do with. You say, like, what do you mean? I mean, like trunk or treat. That's a branch we don't need. Amen. Talking about a lot of branches. There's a lot of things that, that people call ministries that, that you know what they do? Listen, they, they, they purposely work against the church. They don't work for the church. They, they bring in things that should never be brought in God's place, in God's house. They, they attach things to us that have nothing to do with the Father's business. I'm not talking about a fellowship and having some fun amongst the, the brethren. I'm not against those type of things, but boy, you got to be careful, don't you? You know why? Hey, listen, wasn't it fun to play volleyball all summer? Can I get an amen right there? But you know why we're not going to do it 365 days a year? Because there's nothing wrong with volleyball. Can I get an amen? Or as the young kids in the school say, volleyball. There's nothing wrong with it. But too much of anything's not good for you. You know that? 
because it can filter. Listen, nothing wrong if we, if we go out there and play softball, uh, listen, uh, next Saturday and cook some hot dogs, amen, uh, but we don't need a league. Can I get an amen right there? I never thought I'd preach on Halloween and volleyball, but I reckon God knows what we need, amen. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, it wouldn't matter if it's horseshoes, friend. Uh, we don't need a horseshoe team around here. Is that right? Uh, uh, somebody get knocked in the head. Uh, I'm just telling you, uh, and that goes with anything and everything. Uh, uh, too much of something uh, uh, can branch something off and it just doesn't need to be there. Hey, and it's a man of God's responsibility. Hey, don't blow up him on me because of what I said this morning. I'm just telling you, friend, listen, it's important that we keep it all about the Father's business and we don't let things branch out that God doesn't have anything to do with. Amen. You say, why? Because the birds will come. The birds of the air notice this. They came and they lodged. If, you was, if we was to say, and I ain't blowing out volleyball. I'm using it as a good example. If we was to say, we're just going to do that from now till Jesus comes. You know what would happen? Well, there'd be some people that they'd join the church because they're not that much into it. They would lodge in the branch of volleyball. Oh, God help me this morning. We're probably playing it at the fall festival, so just kind of calm down a little bit. Maybe, I don't know. But you know, it, it, it doesn't matter what it is. You got to be careful that we don't let some branch start growing. You know, amen? I'm not a tree hugger. Now, some people... A tree dies in their yard, they plant two in its place. I hate weed eating too much to have that many trees in my yard. Amen. Amen. I got one tree and it's dying, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, you, uh, some people, they just, and I, lo- I love trees, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, it ain't nothing for me to cut a tree down. I don't mourn, I don't weep, I don't dress in black, and I don't, you know, it's just a tree. And go to Lowe's and get another one, you know. But I would say this morning that when something, a limb gets in the way, you know, I only have one tree in my yard. And like I said, it's dying. Now, my neighbors, that's a different story. And I can't touch their trees, or none of us would have trees if I could. I'm serious. But their tree, the limbs will grow over. Me and my neighbor was out there talking one day. And uh, the side of the house had kind of got a little dingy. And he told me, he said, you know, if you need to cut one of them limbs down, he said, I said, how many do you want me to cut? He said, anything that comes over on your side, you cut it. Well, I'm telling you, if it's six inches in air over my side, it's gone. Amen. I just cut it down. I get rid of it. And... uh and you know, you know what? The, them branches come over and they interfere. They get into things. They create problems. And so they have to be taken away at times. Can I tell you something? That's what's happened in the church age. There's a lot of branches 
that have sprung out and they interfere and they hinder and they get in the way and they cause problems. And you know what a man of God will do or what the Holy Ghost will have him do? It's his responsibility uh, to get up and prune back some branches. Amen. Uh, you got to keep it out. I'm just telling you how it is with my own flesh this morning. If I let my flesh do what it wanted to, it would invite some things and embrace some things that God wouldn't have anything to do with. And that's why we can't operate in the flesh. Is that right this morning? That's why we got to keep them things pruned back, not just in the church, uh, but in our own lives. Uh, uh, listen, don't let something consume you. Uh, don't let something grab your heart. Uh, uh, don't let something, you say, why? Uh, because it'll bring in a lot of false teaching and a lot of false doctrine. you got to keep things trimmed up and trimmed out of your life. And I do too. Uh, if we're going to do what God would have us to do, it'll take us away from the teaching, the doctrine, the sound principles of the Bible. And this morning as they get us a song ready, listen to me, as they get a song ready, think about this. How many times have you seen people come in this church, good people too, and get up and proclaim sound truth, even in this pulpit, sound truths that helped us all, maybe in a testimony, maybe it was in a message, maybe it was in a song. And today, they live the furthest from what they said. And we'll even go as far as to say, well, I, I really never even believed that. Now, either they're lying or they was never saved. But I'm going to tell you, not everybody that leaves is lost. Amen? But I'm going to tell you what happens to some people. They let some branch grow in their life that don't need to be there. It overtakes them. And after a while, it pulls them away from what they used to believe and they no longer believe that anymore. In fact, now they do the exact opposite and they're proud of it. There's a tree that grows in, uh, I believe it's in south, southeast or down around, uh, it grows down in Africa, I think. It's called a matador tree. I remember reading this years ago. And uh, really it's, it's not a tree. It's what it's called, but it's a vine. And what happens is it, roots out of the ground next to a tree and it attaches itself to it. And it begins to grow up the, the, the trunk of that tree and it grows all around the branches and all around. And what that matador, supposedly tree, does is it completely engulfs the tree, becomes the tree, and finally blocks out the sunlight and kills it. You know, that's what bitterness will do to you. That's what jealousy will do to us. That's what envy, that's what worldliness, that's what pleasures, that's what an unhealthy branch coming out. You, you know why? And preachers, we have to preach more on things today than we ever have. We've got to keep them things rooted out. Hey, is there something in your life this morning? Is there an unhealthy branch that's, that's sprouted out that's beginning to take root and take over? Oh, you better cut it. Get it out of your life. Get it out. You don't have to tell me about it. You don't have to tell nobody else about it. But I tell you, you ought, to, you ought to cut it off today. If thy hand offend thee, Jesus, he didn't say, he didn't say slowly cut the tendons and muscles. No, he said you just, you just cut it off. You know how you deal with sin? You just come to an old-fashioned altar and you just say, I'm done with it today. That's unhealthy. That's hurting me. That's destroying I'm done with it today. I'm getting it out of my life. And I'll be honest with you today, I wonder sometimes when our church services are so 
bogged down and, and so dead and so nothing. Some, I wonder sometimes, what is it? What is it that's got everything strangled so much? What is it in the pews and God forbid in the pulpit that needs to be taken away as we stand this morning? If you need to come, would you come while Brother Sam sings? You come this morning.